Hey folks, you guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com haunted. That's masterclass.com haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com haunted. I'll see you there. The first time I ever visited Key West was on the first vacation that I ever took with my wife, back when we were still dating. We had woken up so early on that morning to make the drive from New Jersey down to Baltimore, Maryland, to take a cruise that was heading to the Bahamas. It was early February and New Jersey was absolutely freezing, and we couldn't wait to head down to the sunshine and enjoy the beaches. I would have never guessed that that stop the ship made in Key West would have introduced us to what has become one of our most favorite places ever. Not only is Key West one of the most beautiful places in the United States, it's also, in this man's humble opinion, one of the most fun. The streets just have a party atmosphere about them. Everyone is out on the streets just having a good time, going from bar to bar and stopping to sample some of the killer food at one of the many great restaurants in between. It was during that trip that I learned of some of the local legends and folklore that engulfed this island paradise. There are enough stories to fill an entire podcast series with. These are some of my favorites. And, as you could probably have guessed, Key West, Florida. Around the streets of Key West, you'll hear many legends of Captain Tony's saloon, as there are about Captain Tony himself. Depending on who you speak to, the building at 428 Green Street was built in either 1851 or 1852, and it originally held two businesses. It was an ice house getting its supply from the ships that sailed up and down the Atlantic coast, and as the only frigid place on the island, it was also the city's morgue. Some say that Key West never had a morgue, but the story of what happened during the storm in 1865 would suggest otherwise. In the summer of that year, there was a monstrous hurricane that hammered the Florida Keys, causing water to pour throughout the island of Key West, just about destroying everything in its wake. It is said that that storm surge was over 20 feet. The bodies that were awaiting burial or autopsy were washed away in the surge, except for one body that was later buried beneath the building. A wall was built around the remains and surrounded with water that was blessed by local holy men. In the 1890s, the building housed a wireless telegraph station, and during the Spanish-American War in 1898, it was from this building that the news of the destruction of the battleship Maine was sent around the world. In 1912, it became a cigar factory, and later a bordello. At some point, it was a bar that encouraged patrons from the Navy, until the Navy declared it off-limits. It later became several speakeasies, the last of which was called the Blind Pig, 
specializing in gambling, women, and bootleg rum. Sounds like my kind of place. During Prohibition, Josie Sloppy Joe Russell, a local entrepreneur, took out a lease on the place with the hopes that the drinking ban was ending in the near future. It was a gamble, and one that paid off because sure enough, in 1933, Sloppy Joe's bar was opened, and it was here that one of Josie Russell's close friends, a Mr. Ernest Hemingway, spent many of his evenings from 1933 to 1937. In 1938, the building's landlord raised the rent by a dollar a week, and Russell retaliated. He marched up the street and secured a lease for 201 Duval Street, where Sloppy Joe's Bar still stands today. The story goes that the bar patrons picked up the stools, their cocktails, and liquor bottles, and walked a few short steps across Duval Street to the new Sloppy Joe's location. Hemingway claimed ownership of the men's urinal, saying that he paid a fortune to water it over the years. He moved the urinal to his home a few blocks away on Whitehead Street. He won the argument with his wife, Pauline, to keep this souvenir as long as it stayed outside and the urinal found its permanent use as a fountain for the stray cats whose ancestors still live on the grounds of the home today. The bar went through several incarnations until Captain Tony Tarasino, a well-known local charter boat captain, purchased the building in 1958 and named the saloon after himself. Some say the legends of this site were created by Captain Tony, a colorful storyteller and a man of many wives and even more children. Still. Visitors may sense an eeriness about the building that holds so much history in Key West flair. The dimly lit saloon is decorated in license plates, kitschy dollar bills, ladies' bras, and business cards from visitors all around the world. As someone who has personally spent time in Captain Tony's, I can say from my experience that there was an ominous feeling that came over me once I stepped foot inside, but that may have been the half dozen fish tacos and four beers I had just before I got there. Among the funky decor, you can't miss the large tree growing through the center of the bar known as the Hanging Tree. Rumor is that 18 people were hanged there, all but one for piracy. The one exception was a local woman who was said to have killed her husband and two sons and then left the bodies in her yard. A neighbor saw the horrifying scene and sent police to the home. The woman was found in her home wearing a blood-soaked blue dress and taken to the tree for immediate hanging. She was thereafter known as the Lady in Blue, and many have seen or photographed blue specters in the bar that they say prove the Lady in Blue still haunts the building. In the 1980s, renovations of Captain Tony's saloon were underway when construction workers found the bones of about a dozen bodies under the flooring. They also unearthed a gravestone for a young woman named Elvira, which remains on the floor in the billiard room. Bar patrons guess there may be more undiscovered skeletal remains under the floor, perhaps bodies lost in the hurricane of 1865. Elvira is not the only woman whose gravestone is featured in Captain Tony's. You will find the burial marker of Ariba Sawyer right underneath the hanging tree. The story goes that Reba was originally buried in the Key West Cemetery after she died in 1950. Her husband later found love letters that exposed an affair between his wife and another man. They had their trysts in Captain Tony's saloon. The husband was so enraged that he dragged his cheating wife's gravestone from the cemetery into the bar and placed it under the hanging tree, shouting, Here is where she wanted to be, and here is where she will stay, which was met with an uproar of applause from the patrons. Another story lives on in the far back corner of the bar, at the ladies' restroom. During the speakeasy days, a local woman found her husband carousing the bar. As the story goes, she became so deranged when she saw his debauchery, she killed their infant child in that bathroom, and then smuggled it out of the bar under a blanket. People now tell stories of locked bathroom stalls with no one in them, bathroom stalls banging shut with no one coming in or out, and bone-chilling cold spots near the restroom doors. You must be asking yourself why, with all the horrific stories of its past, was Captain Tony's saloon a booming bar, and is still a must-see place to party in Key West? Well, a lot had to do with Captain Tony's great appreciation for musicians and writers who came to the saloon during its early days. One of those musicians in the early 1970s was a young man named Jimmy Buffett. 
who often played the bar for a few drinks of tequila. Buffett went on to immortalize Key West, Captain Tony, and the saloon in songs he wrote after he rose to worldwide fame. Many, many famous artists took the stage during Tony's tenure, including Key West's own Shel Silverstein, and even Bob Dylan. Writers, broadcasters, artists, actors, musicians have all been attached to the charm of the saloon, and after their visits, their names were painted on the stools surrounding the bar. Captain Tony's Saloon continues its great music tradition today with live performers every afternoon and evening. In 1989, after Captain Tony was elected mayor of Key West, he sold the bar, but continued to hold court there every Thursday night until he passed away in 2008. The current proprietor? He calls himself a skeptic. But even he is on record of having experienced a few ghostly encounters in the saloon. Whether the stories of this bar are true or fabricated, Captain Tony's remains a part of Key West history, full of character, culture, bravado, music, and ghost stories. Hey folks, you guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com slash haunted. That's masterclass.com slash haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com slash haunted. I'll see you there. The nightlife of Key West takes a backseat to only one other thing, the amazing views of the ocean from just about anywhere on the island. One building in particular with the best views of the ocean surrounding Key West is the Key West Lighthouse. It is now a museum, but it was a fully functional lighthouse, and it held some deep, dark secrets. The lighthouse that was built in 1825 was placed there to help guide ships to the shore and to help them avoid hitting the dangerous reef that was in the area. The tower was originally 46 feet high and powered by 15 oil lamps with 15-inch reflectors, but was extended to 86 feet in 1894. Inside, visitors now climb 88 iron steps to the observation deck that afford spectacular views. Lighthouse keepers kept watch here for over 120 years before it was closed and turned into the museum in 1990. There is a lot to see here, and visitors can see the keeper's quarters to get an idea of where the lighthouse keeper and their families lived. There are some great vintage photos to view as well. Not only can guests see some great historic memorabilia, they may also run into a ghost or two along the way. It was very unusual for a woman to ever run and maintain a lighthouse, but in the 19th century, the Key West Lighthouse would fall under that very unusual list. Her name was Barbara Marbody. 
and she took the job of lighthouse keeper after her husband died. He was maintaining the lighthouse when he died very suddenly. She took on the duties of the lighthouse keeper for over 32 years. She was the keeper through three hurricanes and still kept the lighthouse light burning to help sailors get to the shore. There was one hurricane that came roaring through the Florida Keys on her watch that nearly destroyed the entire lighthouse though. The Great Havana Hurricane of 1846 caused quite a lot of damage and death in Key West. In fact, Key West was almost wiped clean off the map because of the devastating damage the hurricane had on the city. The USS Morris was completely wrecked during the storm, and the crew members remember seeing the beach and the lighthouse. No one knows exactly how, but Mabardy survived this terrible storm. There were many people who needed to find shelter at that time, so they came to the lighthouse where they thought they could remain safe. They were not so lucky though. There were 14 people that ran to that lighthouse during this hurricane. They all died and were taken off the sea with the storm. Six of these were Mabardy's children. The lighthouse was almost completely destroyed too. There were a lot of renovations that had to be done to bring it back to its historic look. In 1848, the new lighthouse was finished and Mabardy wanted to continue to be the keeper. She owed it to her lost family to ensure that the lighthouse remained on to help anyone that may have needed it. As the keeper of the lighthouse, Mabardy would climb those 88 steps each and every day that she worked there. She was 82 years old when she died, and she died as the lighthouse keeper. It seemed that her life's purpose was to pick up her husband's job when he died, and she never slacked on her work. The Coast Guard had the Key West Lighthouse decommissioned in 1969. This is when Monroe County took it over and leased it to the Key West Art and Historical Society. The society is in charge of maintaining the museum that the lighthouse was turned into. The tower and nearby keeper's quarters have been faithfully restored and maintained as they were before the lighthouse was deactivated in 1969. Many of the historic elements remain, including the pipes used to deliver gas that powered the light before it was electrified in 1927. The clapboard bungalow where the keepers and their families lived while maintaining the beacon have been recreated in turn-of-the-century style with historic furniture, furnishings, and photos that provide a sense of life in Key West during that formative time. It is the 15th oldest surviving lighthouse in the country. Mabardy worked very hard in the keeping of the lighthouse during the many years that she was there. She was dedicated and devoted to it, and many believe that she was blessed somehow by living through all the natural disasters that happened. Some locals think that Barbara had a little additional help in maintaining the lighthouse by herself for all those years. There are thousands of visitors that come to see the Key West Lighthouse each year. Some of them enjoy the historic feel it has, while others love the stunning views. There have been some that simply visit just to see for themselves if the stories are true. Several visitors have shared their stories about seeing ghosts in the lighthouse. One visitor in particular said that she was climbing the brutal 88 steps when she felt someone behind her. She knew that her family were touring the lighthouse as well, so she thought it could have been one of them. She turned around to talk to someone, and there was no one there. So, she just continued walking up the stairs. The feeling came upon her again during her trek up, and she stopped and looked behind her, and again, nothing. She said the feeling got stronger and stronger the higher she climbed. When she finally got to the top, she sighed and took some time to catch her breath. While she was looking out the window, she felt a very cold wind come through that room. Now, keep in mind, she was in Key West, a place that no matter what time of year, doesn't fall below 85 degrees. She was unsure where the cold air was coming from, but appreciated it because she was worn out from the climb. She stood at the window for a few minutes looking at the view, and then she decided she would go back down the stairs. Before she left the window, she said she felt as if someone was giving her a hug. Now, if you're as out of shape as I am, and you get a cold wave come over you, and you're feeling like a hug after walking up 88 steps, the last thing you're thinking about is the possibility of that it's a ghost, and the first thing you're thinking about is the old tickers finally called it quits. She looked around again to see if anyone was around her, and still, she saw no one. 
She said the hug was gentle, and it felt as if someone wanted to comfort her on her climb down the stairs. She said no matter what or who was there, she never felt scared or threatened, and feels that the ghost is very friendly and very welcoming. Another woman who visited the lighthouse had a similar story, but she actually saw something. This woman was also with a tour group of the lighthouse. Before they all climbed up those stairs, the tour guide was showing them around the lower level of the lighthouse. The woman said that she felt a hand brushed through her hair in a very playful way. She looked at the couple next to her, and they hadn't moved, so she knew it wasn't them. The tour continued, and it happened again. This time, she heard a playful laugh. She looked around, and the couple next to her asked if she was alright. She asked them if they felt a breeze come through here, or heard anything, and they both said they hadn't. For fear of seeming crazy, the woman thought she would just keep her thoughts to herself. As the tour group began to go up the stairs, the woman looked to her left, and what she saw almost made her fall down the stairs. A little old lady, standing in the doorway, wearing turn-of-the-century clothing. She was just looking up at the woman and smiling. Smiling in her description, one of the most friendly, warm smiles that she's ever seen. The same old woman who was in the photographs that are hanging all around the lighthouse. She saw what she thinks is the ghost of Barbara Maberty. Maberty's ghost isn't the only one that visitors have seen in the Key West Lighthouse. In fact, some have seen a woman that is called Mary and her husband in the Keeper's Quarters. It is said that these two came down with typhoid fever while they worked here and died in that room. There are several other staff members that have said they died from the typhoid fever as well. Some say that the lighthouse has its own typhoid Mary that would cook for all the staff members here. On the grounds of the lighthouse, visitors have seen two young girls holding hands and walking and skipping through the grass. The girls are said to be Maberty's daughters who died there when the hurricane demolished the lighthouse. They seem to be very happy and friendly, but never engage with anyone but each other. Lastly, some of the guests here claim to see a man that is guarding the front door. They say that he is dressed in soldier attire, and he looks very angry as you pass him by. There is no record of who he could be, but some say that he could be one of the locals who decided to seek shelter from the hurricane that killed many people. His uniform seems to be from around the Civil War, and historians say that he could be anyone from that era. In Key West, there are plenty of places that are haunted. But if you ask the locals what's the most haunted, they will probably point you to Eaton Street. Key West has always been a friendly port city and welcoming to those from the Bahamas. Most of its first citizens were from the Bahamas, and they helped to build this beautiful city. The Spanish settled Key West, and it quickly became a popular fishing town. The first men to establish Key West were John Simington, John Whitehead, John W.C. Fleming, and Pardon C. Green. The local buildings and streets are named after these founding fathers. In the 1830s, there were many Bahamians that came to Key West for work. They found jobs in the fishing industry very quickly. In the 1860s, Key West became known as one of the richest cities in the country. The industry here began to flourish, and soon, locals saw another type of industry getting bigger and bigger. In the early 1880s, Key West found itself as part of the pirate world. This is also when salvaging became an industry that was extremely important to the city. Salvaging became a popular industry because of all the shipwrecks and stolen ships that were coming into Key West. Practically anyone can get hired to help out with salvaging jobs. If they were lucky, they would find big-ticket items and get a share of the profits when the items were sold. This became a good way to make a living back then, and it worked for quite a while until piracy was outlawed and the city cleaned itself up. The Civil War played a big role in the making of the city as well. Fort Zachary Taylor was built in Key West and is still standing today. It can be toured by locals and visitors. During the war, gun running became a new profession. 
Those who would run guns would earn a lot of money. This kept a lot of locals busy with work during the wartime, when times were pretty tough. Another big source of income for the city was cigar making. This became one of the best sources of income for the city and helped make Key West what it is today. Key West is known for more than industries, though. There were some talented people who lived here as well. Like I mentioned earlier, Ernest Hemingway was one of the more famous residents of Key West. He spent most of his life living in his Key West home, and the city was the inspiration for many of his famous works. Hemingway was known for his writing, but also for his seven-toed cat named Snowball. His home still stands in Key West and can be toured throughout the year. His ghost is one of the many that said haunt the city. There are many ghosts that continue to walk up and down the streets at night, and Eaton Street is one of the most popular places to see them. We all know that many people are scared are going in or near a graveyard or cemetery. But if you're not, you may get a chance to see a ghost. Along Eaton Street, you will find St. Paul Cemetery. The cemetery is said to have some spirits in it that may be not so friendly. When walking down Eaton Street, something may try to pull you in from the sidewalk. You will walk by the cemetery and have a sense of just wanting just to get a little bit closer. And that's how it draws people in. If you look closely, the spirits will get you to walk into that graveyard. The ghosts of the St. Paul's Church graveyard are some of the most famous in Key West. The land was given to the city in 1832 by the widow of John Williams Charles Fleming. He was one of the first large landowners in Key West. When Miss Fleming gave the land to the city, John William was buried on it. Miss Fleming said that no matter what happens, she doesn't want him removed from the land. To this day, his remains are still there, but no one knows exactly where they are. Many of the locals think that the strange occurrences that happen in the graveyard and along Eaton Street are due to the fact that Mr. Fleming is still there. Some people think that his soul is restless, and that is why things continue to happen here. It could be that other spirits are there too, but no one knows for sure in this area. People have seen a mysterious shadow man walking around the graveyard, and he is thought to be Mr. Fleming. Another spirit that is reported to be seen in the graveyard is a sea captain that frightens visitors. He appears in the small garden outside of the graveyard. Many visitors do like to sit in the garden, and he will literally come out of nowhere and chase them away. There are also several ghosts of children that come out in the graveyard along Eaton Street side. Some say that the children will gather closely to the tombstones and have angels on them. Most of these spirits seem to be harmless, but there are plenty more that walk along Eaton Street. Another spot that is said to be haunted is Club Chameleon. There was an old nightclub that used to be a church. Then it was a theater. It was built in the late 1800s and has quite the checkered past. The minister of the church caught his wife in the act of having an affair in the church. He went into a complete fit of rage when he found them. It is said that he boarded up all the doors and windows and set the church on fire. His anger took the best of him. His wife and the deacon were both caught inside the church when it was burned. There were also 14 children that ended up dying in that fire that the minister started. Many visitors to the now-closed club said they can smell smoke constantly, while some say there was the smell of burning flesh. There are also stories of people walking by the church and knocking on the windows. Once they wait a minute or so, they claim to hear the screams of children inside the church. Some even say that the children knock back. Not everyone sees ghosts on Eaton Street, but some people feel an angry energy around them as they are strolling through. Some visitors have claimed to feel hands on their shoulders, as if someone was pushing them along. Others have seen smoke rings being blown, but no one around them is smoking. There have been bumps in the night heard by the neighbors, and some have even heard laughing in the night when no one was around. Those ghosts don't seem to be here to worry or hurt anyone. They just like their presence to be known. They just want to be remembered. There are some pretty intense stories about the ghost in this area. Not everyone will see one when they come to visit, but if you're lucky, you may be able to catch a glimpse of an old pirate or a dancer. 
You may walk by Ernest Hemingway or feel the power of Robert the Doll, the island's most famous resident. He deserves an episode all to himself. It's coming soon. If you're walking along Eaton Street, you may also run into some ghosts of soldiers or ladies of the night. Eaton Street and Key West itself has quite that rich history. And the more you explore it, the more you may catch ghosts trying to get to the other side. I'm Christopher Feinstein, and this has been Haunted American History. Music by Kevin McLeod. <laughs>